Welcome to the Sam Knows Podcast. I'm Barry Collins. In part one of this month's podcast, we heard from Richard Tang, CEO of Zen Internet, who revealed how providing gigabit connections changes consumers' download habits and disclosed some of the challenges of providing these ultra-fast connections. But what does the independent data reveal? In this second episode, I'm talking to Sam Knows founder, Sam Crawford, who talks about the impact different access technologies have on broadband performance, the elephant in the room that is Wi-Fi speeds, and whether our obsession with download speeds is starting to waver. I started by asking Sam what differences he sees in the Sam Knows data when a consumer is using a gigabit connection as opposed to a regular fibre to the cabinet line, aside from the obvious download speed boost. Sure. So, as you say, uh, aside from from the obvious differences, um, which will be uh, download speed and potentially upload speed, um, there are quite uh, quite a few differences. That be they tend to be quite subtle. Um, so, uh, latency and packet loss, um, and basically reliability, I think, will be the um, the biggest um, differences. And you can see this for yourself in the um, in the in the Ofcom reports. And the the delineating factor is not. You know, gigabit versus 36 megabit fiber to the cabinet or for, for non-UK listeners um, when we say fiber to the cabinet really what we actually mean is VDSL mm-hmm. um, so the difference is not gigabit versus a lower speed that's not really what matters what matters is the access technology um, so it doesn't really matter if you have a gigabit fiber to the premises or fiber to the home connection or a 50 megabit fiber to the home connection you'll get the same latency pretty much the same packet loss the same um, uh, reliability from um, from all of these uh, the only differentiation will be the um, the throughput which will be determined by a um, profile or a rate limiter applied to your um, applied to your connection so Certainly, um, all true uh, symmetric gigabit services are currently delivered over fiber to the premises or fiber to the home. That means you've got a full fiber connection coming into your home. Literally, a piece of fiber will come directly in. Um, Our metrics have shown that that gives you generally lower latency, um, lower packet loss, and uh, more reliability than the alternatives. And the alternatives will be some sort of copper coming into your home, whether it's a, a copper pair, like the provided, like the sort that's used for DSL-based services, or whether it's uh, coaxial as provided by DOCSIS or cable services. Um, mm-hmm. Fiber is definitely the most reliable. I think reliability and consistency will be the um, the biggest factor. But you don't have to, I just want to stress, you don't have to go to gigabit to get that. If um, if somebody's offering you 100 megabit fiber to the home or 50 megabit fiber to the home and you want that extra reliability or consistency, then, um, then you can get it at that lower uh, speed and that lower price point. Okay. So although gigabit lines weren't recorded as a separate category in the latest Ofcom report, what we did see in that report, which you guys provided data for, is that the faster connections delivered a lower percentage of the advertised speed than slower connections. So what explains that? This this is not related to the access technology. Um, this this is basically related to, um, I guess, capacity management and a whole bunch of other factors on um, on the ISPs network and and the internet more broadly. Right. Um, so uh, 
there's only there's only so much bandwidth to go around. Uh, I guess the 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 analogy to to the to the real world situation is there's so many there's only so many roads, so you can only have so many cars on the road um, simultaneously. So there's only so much bandwidth to go around. Um, and if you've got a whole bunch of people um, streaming Netflix, running speed tests, doing something else intensive, then um, then things are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And if you're on a if you're on a 10 megabit connection, then you know 10 megabits isn't going to make much dent in the internet. But if you're on a gigabit connection, um, then even a small bit of packet loss during your uh, your speed test, or you know, maybe if you're in uh, an apartment block and you're uh, you're on one of the uh, the alternative fibers of the home providers who provide you know, gigabit to your apartment block for like thirty pounds a month. You know, they aren't um, you know, they they aren't there, there might be hundreds of flats in your apartment block, and um, uh, they will typically put. Uh, a couple, one or two 10 gigabit uplinks into that apartment block, and the rest of it's shared. So you can have quite a large contention ratio, it's called, um, uh, for your broadband service. So what that means is you might be buying a gigabit, but that's not a gigabit dedicated back to the internet. That's a gigabit shared amongst probably a few tens of flats. So if, um, if, if 10 other flats are all using their connection at the same time, then um, you're going to suffer basically congestion or contention within the uh, even within the apartment block, even before your traffic leaves the internet. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's much, the, the higher access speeds you go, the much more obviously acute um, this problem uh, becomes. But it's, it's realistically, it's not a big problem. Uh, and the ISPs are very good at um, uh, managing capacity nowadays, um, as you can basically see from the, um, uh, from, from the reports that come out both in the UK and abroad. Um, but uh, you know, as we start to move to, to you know, services above one gig and like ten gig, this will become more problematic because certainly the the rate of increase in backhaul capacity is not keeping up with the rate of increase in uh, access technology or access capacity. So what I mean is um, the number of people getting uh, one gigabit available to their home is outpacing the um, ISPs and, and and backhaul providers upgrading from 10 gigabits to 40 gigabits or mm-hmm. 10 gigabits to 100 gigabits. So um, the chance of congestion occurring is increasing. How much does the home Wi-Fi equipment become a bottleneck when you start to hit gigabit speeds? hugely um this is uh the elephant in the room um with every conversation about gigabit if you were to go to any computer shop i don't think that many people do this these days but if you go to any computer shop and you look at um uh, the, the the wireless routers on the shelves there you'll see figures like um this wi-fi router will offer you uh, 1800 megabits per second so 1.8 gigabits this one offers you 3600 some of them will say 7200 megabits per second um it's all um Choose your words carefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all very clear. You can very clearly substantiate those numbers in a perfect lab environment in a Faraday cage, which means there's no other um, uh, RF uh, radio frequency interactions going on. Um, but in the real world, you will get a tiny fraction of that. Uh, mm-hmm. The numbers are very much. Um, funny numbers that kind of make believe and everyone knows this it's not a um, it's definitely not a secret um, so there's there's lots being done to work on this um, so there's new wi-fi standards so wi-fi 6 and wi-fi 6e wi-fi mm-hmm. 6e introduces new um, uh, new spectrum to allow for this but generally speaking um, if you're on a um, a modern 
router with, let's say, Wi-Fi 6, and you're sat in the same room as your wireless router, and you're on a laptop, which is Wi-Fi 6 capable, you will be very lucky to get a gigabit between your laptop and your wireless router. Um, that, you basically will be at the uh, the the very limits of what um, what is possible. Now, when you move to, if you move to an older device, which is Wi-Fi five, which is was known as eight hundred two eleven AX until um, sorry AC um, until quite recently, mm-hmm. um, your chances of getting gigabit are basically zero. Um, and if you move into another room, even on Wi-Fi six, your chances of getting gigabit are basically zero. It's um, a gigabit on Wi-Fi basically requires, even with the latest generations, everything to be pretty much perfect in a in a real world environment. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is improving, but obviously access speeds are improving as well, right? So before long, we'll be talking about um, some ISP bringing 2.5 gigabits into people's homes, and mm-hmm. you know, five gigabits is already in um, some AT and T homes in the US. Very few, but it is there. Um, and there's no Wi-Fi service that can give you five gigabits. So this problem is going to keep. Um, keep moving for sure and i guess in these days as you say most people don't go into a shop and buy a router they take the one that's provided with their broadband provider so it's dependent on the providers now to keep their equipment moving at the same speed as their access technology yes absolutely and um this is definitely a, a bit of a tricky one for the um for the for the provider so generally the the isps um at least so at least here in here in europe and in the uk most most ISPs, most network providers will actually provide you a combined modem and a wireless router uh, in a single device. In other markets, um, particularly in the US, um, historically that's not been the case. The ISP will will uh, give you a modem, or strange it seems strange to a strange concept to us, but they will rent you a modem. Mm. So for ten dollars a month, you will rent a modem from them, and then you will supply your own router. That's that's changing these days. Um, nowadays, they are providing an integrated modem and router. I don't know about the rental situation, but yes, the the I increasingly. Um, around the world, ISPs are effectively providing a wireless router for you. And the vast majority of customers take this. Some of the figures we've heard from ISPs suggest it's more than 99% of customers will use um, the ISP-provided um, equipment. So replacing it is really not very common at all. Um, and yes, you could definitely make an argument that if an ISP is providing a the wireless router and therefore the wireless service inside your home, then um, they should bear some responsibility for your wireless performance inside the home. Um, and they, they shouldn't just fall back on the uh, the line of, you know, we're responsible for bringing your internet connection up to the point of termination in your home, and everything after that is is your problem. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we've, we've started to see, at least here in the UK, lots of ISPs actively want to take responsibility for, for performance inside the home as well, because ISPs now offer, some of them offer Wi-Fi guarantees, um, and some of them offer to... Uh, provide you extra uh, Wi-Fi extenders and uh, mesh network pods from the likes of Plume and so on yep. to uh, to improve your wireless coverage. They don't necessarily advertise it as a way to improve your uh, performance or speed necessarily, but they they do it to advertise. Uh, they do it to improve your uh, your coverage and your and your reliability. Would it be fair to say in general that the customers who are paying for gigabit speeds are likely to be more vigilant about the performance of their broadband? They're the kind of customers that the providers are going to have to work hardest to please. Um, I think there's two sides of the coin on this one. I think 
uh, initially. Um, yes, anyone who buys a gigabit service, the very first thing they're going to do, I imagine, will be um, to to run uh, run a whole bunch of speed tests, make sure they can get one gigabit. They'll probably have a, a little shock when they try run one over Wi-Fi and they see um, that actually they can't get one gig to their devices, um, which might lead to a, a troubling phone call with the with the ISP. And that, that's one of the things that our, our real speed product tries to um, show to the user the differentiation between their speeds. Uh, to the device and the speeds to their to their home router to the point of termination in the um, in the home. So I think yes, initially customers paying for gigabit will definitely be more vigilant about performance. Whether that remains the case after they've got the service, um, I think is questionable. You could also answer this question another way, which is you know, if if somebody's if somebody like for example is moving into an apartment block and they're being given a choice between paying. Uh, £25 for a 100 megabit service or um, £35 for a gigabit service, then they will see, well, I can spend £10 more and get something which is 10 times faster. Therefore, therefore, I'm equating that with 10 times better. So I might as well just do that. So yeah. I imagine quite a lot of people, frankly, are choosing the, the more expensive option just because they think it's better uh, and will give them more reliable, a faster service. And it's, it certainly will give them a faster service, more reliable, Probably not, um, and they do it, and they probably never run any tests and uh, and never utilize it to the to the full extent anyway. Um, I know my own experience. I'm on a, a 500 megabit product um, here at home, and uh, to be candid, I mean my 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 white box certainly runs lots of speed tests. I don't pay attention to the speed test data. Um, I don't mind if it's um, if it's 200 megabits or 500 megabits. It's more. It's definitely more than I need. But what I do pay attention to is the reliability metrics. So um, latency, packet loss, uh, the disconnections. That's what really matters to me because I do a lot of work from home. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you say you know you, you're not that focused on speed anymore. Do you think now that we're in this sort of gigabit era that uh, the focus on those headline speeds is is going to be reduced and other metrics are going to be more important? Yes, absolutely, and uh, we hear that from from ISPs all the time. So this is certainly what what we as a as a company and a group of people think that um, speed is definitely becoming less important. It kind of there's a there's um, there's some curves, and there comes a point where you, you need a certain amount of speed to be able to do stuff, uh, like even browse the internet, right? If you remember trying to browse the internet on a dial-up modem, everything was very, very, very slow and quite painful. You didn't worry too much about reliability then. You were you just wanted it to be faster. Um, but there comes a point where it's, it's fast enough, and uh, what's now more important to you is reliability. And I think for most people, it's, it's reliable enough. But given that we're mm-hmm. all... Well, not all of us, but but lots of people are working from home now, or at least more than we're used to anyway. So if there is a you know, a ten minute outage in the middle of the day, or or there's a period of volatility for a few hours where everything slows down massively or is unavailable, then you know that might not have affected us previously. But nowadays, we really really notice that, um, and uh, it's really frustrating. It's it's arguably a lot more annoying than a than a uh, than your than your speed dropping by yeah. by fifty percent. An outage is way worse, I think. So um, yes, absolutely, I think. Um, uh, I think you'd be hard pushed to find someone who wouldn't say that speed is becoming um, less of a factor these days. At least download speeds. I think um, lots of people would say um, upload speeds are um, overlooked, and uh, they definitely haven't been increasing at the same rate as download speeds. But the the sort of gigabit grey connections, which are often more symmetrical than sort of ADSL of the past, 
it starts to change that. Yes. So, so certainly, yes, for the fiber to the home, fiber to the premises based connection. So you will frequently find symmetric connections. So a gigabit down and a gigabit up. Um, but you'll also frequently find a full fiber, you know, fiber to the home, fiber to the premises connections, which are maybe a gigabit down and 200 megabits up. Mm. There's no technical reason why they can't have a gig down and gig up. Um, However, once you move to the the DOCSIS world, so the cable world, um, you won't find that. What you'll see is um, you know, a gigabit down or a little over a gigabit because they over-provision things. So a gigabit down, and you gen- you generally will get more than a gigabit. It's yeah. very well-provisioned services. But you will often find these services only have 35 megabits or 50 megabits up. And that seems quite um quite paltry in comparison to your uh, to your to your downstream speed right um so if you're doing lots and lots and lots of large uploads then um that's the kind of thing that you might you might notice and they're not doing that because they're being stingy that is a uh, a limitation of um uh, of the access technology at the moment there's only so many channels you can use and um everyone recognizes that download speed definitely gets a lot more attention at least from a marketing perspective so you're going to um, you're going to put your uh, put your energy towards um, um, increasing the download speeds and um, uh, just provide enough upload speeds to um, to facilitate the uh, the download. You need a certain amount of upload speed in order to handle the acknowledgements um, uh, that are necessary to sustain the download speed. That's it for this podcast. Make sure to go to samnose.com forward slash spotlight to listen to the first part or to read the article that accompanies these podcasts. Until next time, goodbye.